Next on BYU Sports Nation, Forrest Gump once said, stupid is as stupid does. Is BYU basketball scheduling stupid games a genius or just crazy? Bring on Duke. The WAC Men's Hoops Player of the Year, Jake Tilson, is back at BYU. Why he returned and what this team is ready to do. Plus, Jackson Clough gets an early call in the Major League Baseball draft. Is he all in on the Washington Nationals? Or is there more BYU baseball in his future? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 5th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy sporting the newest BYU game day shirt from the BYU Store, Jerem Jordan. As are you. We're very excited to uh, display these. Uh, They're available today at the BYU Store. This is the official uh, shirt for football season. There's a Nike branded option, a non Nike branded option. So uh, go check it out. Yeah, at the BYU store. These look good. You look good, man. Oh, oh thank you. Sun's out, guns out, bro. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was not meant to be this way, but it is. Yeah. You know? It looks a little extra hefty on me because I have a polo on underneath this. But yeah. well, when you throw it on right before, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what we that's do. What, it looks it's, like you kind of you look like a rugby player where you got like pseudo pads, but not really. <laughs> I want to put like a sh- some shoulder pads under there or something. So, yeah, that's a good looking photo of you, by the way, on that graphic. Oh, thank a radio you. Radio audience, it's a picture of Spencer. I appreciate that. I, can, Always can next I, to you on the screen. Can I be on tomorrow? Always like, is it next just, to you. Is it just Spencer. Yes. What's going on here? Get your BYU game day shirts. <laughs> They are available now. Every day is game day in Studio B. Oh, yeah. What a lineup today. Oh, today's one of my favorite shows. Jake Toulson back with BYU basketball and joining us live. Why the WAC Player of the Year and grad transfer chose the likes of BYU over Virginia and Duke. Crazy stuff. BYU baseball sophomore Jackson Clough is a huge step closer to living his major league dream. He'll join us live to discuss his immediate future. In your immediate future are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Led off by additional details for BYU Baseball's Jackson Clough, drafted in the sixth round, 183rd overall pick to the Washington Nationals. The sophomore and first-team West Coast Conference star ended the season with a 327 batting average, 56 runs batted in, and led the team in stolen bases going a perfect 12 for 12. My notes have that is excellent. Brock Hale, by the way, hoping to have his name called in rounds 11 through 40 in the final day of the Major League Draft, happening now through the afternoon. Good luck to Brock. Justin Sterner, Jordan Wood, perhaps in the mix as well. Yesterday, men's basketball coach Mark Pope met with the media for a Q&A. When asked about scheduling beyond this season, Pope had this to say. Uh, and we don't have a lot of long-term contracts in terms of in terms of our our. Our schedule, so you know, we, we're already working on that for next year, and and, and trying to see if we can, um, you know, make some some sign some really stupid contracts. That's that's my goal. Stupid contracts. What does that mean? We'll I discuss. Have no idea. Uh, oh, we think we know. And, uh, what's <laughs> trending? The Cougars have 11 of the 15 non-conference games scheduled for this season. Those 15 are expected to be announced this month, with conference play released in August. Yoli Childs, speaking of BYU basketball, projected second in the preseason Irving Awards by NCAA correspondent Andy Katz. The award ranks small forwards across the nation for the upcoming season. Childs averaged 21 points a game, 
nine rebounds, and yeah, we're still excited to have him back. I wouldn't call him a small forward. I think he's a power forward. I think it's kind of weird. But he wants to shoot the three like a small forward. Yeah, but he isn't one. So I, I, I would put him in a power forward category, but okay. Take it up with Andy but Katz, Jerem. Yeah, let's get him on the show. Let's talk. And the NCAA track and field nationals begin today. BYU sent a school record 22 athletes this year. 22. That's awesome. Men's teams ranked fourth. Women's teams 15th. Brian Matthews will be the first Cougar to compete today, starting at 1 Eastern in about an hour. In the decathlon, other highlights today include the men's steeplechase and the super six-pack of Cougars in the 10K at 10.08 Eastern. You can watch the proceedings on ESPN2 or watch ESPN. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope met with members of the media yesterday, including BYU Sports Nation, to address several prominent questions in regard to the future of BYU basketball, including the role of senior guard Nick Emery on this specific roster. Nick, I think Nick would tell you he was looking at me really sideways, and um, but I think we're in a, I, you know, you'd have to ask him, but I think we're in a really good spot right now. I think he's got a renewed focus. Jerem, what role do you expect Nick Emery to play on this specific BYU basketball team? I think it's TBD right now. I don't know what I expect. Six points a game last year, started eight games, shot 39% from the field. It was a struggle, and he's probably a bench player. Um if you went on a mission and you came back, you're probably wondering what happened with Nick Emery. We know that there have been some serious off-the-court struggles that have led to kind of what's happened on the court for him. For that reason, we probably need to expect nothing in terms of what we get from him this season. How long do we hold on to expectations from years ago in high school rankings? This is a top 100 guy, state champ, part of that, Lone Peak 3, right? He is a guy who can make 10 threes in a game and score 37 points. Like, that... High is really high, right? Um, But that guy played in 2015-16. It's 2019-20. I think we need to allow him to be whatever he's going to be, and I don't really know what that is, but in my opinion, he's probably coming off the bench to start. If, If you rewound to his freshman year to now, you would think this guy is a starter. So I, I think I'm going to go into the season and literally expect nothing and be excited at something. First and foremost, up. first and foremost, Nick Emery is healthy mentally, worlds apart from where he was. He's which getting is married, fantastic. He's, and he's getting married to yeah. a great girl. They've got a fantastic story. He's got going a blog. It's it's an outstanding story. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe this calms him down, gets him into a better basketball. Say, I I don't know, I don't know, but I am happy that Nick is doing better mentally. Like he's in a much better place. Whether he's a starter or he's off the bench early, I do expect the reinvigorated energy boost. Kind of like we saw when Nick Emery came off the bench against Utah State. I don't expect him to shoot that well per se every game, but I do expect that type of energy, especially if he comes off the bench. He'll play and shoot with more confidence under Mark Pope. That is my belief. I think Mark Pope is going to do everything he can working individually with him to get him back in that mindset that he had when he was a freshman. And he played with that starter swagger, the guy that made 10 threes in a game and went 30-plus in back-to-back games on the road. I think Mark Pope has a significant challenge in front of him, but as we have learned, he's not afraid of those significant challenges. He welcomes them, and they are doing individual work right now, as was 
kind of relayed yesterday again in this uh, media session with the head coach at BYU. The work's cut out for him, but I think that uh, challenge has been accepted, and I expect energy and a better version of Nick Emery compared to what we saw last year. Yeah, I hope so. And we went into last year thinking he would be in a better spot, yes. but he wasn't quite yeah. there, Not, right? Perhaps that was naive of us. Yeah, and I don't. I, I wonder if we're being naive thinking he'll do anything. I, I, I hope he does. This is a guy that's a good player. And a good defender. Yes. When he's good, he's really good. Okay, and and if you look at okay, do you go with a Connor Harding or a Nick Emery? To me, those two are competing for a starting spot. Yeah, right. I think Connor Harding is a guy that's kind of taller, longer, perhaps helps in that regard, especially if you're going to start. Uh, you know, TJ Haas at six four, Jake Toulson at six five. If you start Connor Harding, who's a six five six six guy, you've got some length, right? Uh, you bring Jesse Wade and Nick Emery off the bench. Now you've got some good reinforcements, and there's a there's a role for that. I'm wondering what Nick Emery is willing to do and wants to do with this team. I bet it's win, and and I'm excited. If he comes off the bench, you how many teams in the country have a guy that has scored 30 coming off the bench? So that a, could be a good option. I'm a firm believer that Nick will play better because there will be less pressure on him because of the tools around him. Yeah, there's not pressure to be the Lone Peak 3 and make a Final Four. Like, that's out the window. This yeah. year it's like, okay, let's go back to the tourney. But guess what? He looks around and he didn't see Elijah Bryant and Eric Mika. Now he looks around and he sees Yoli Childs, and he sees T.J. Oz, and he sees Jake Toulson. And now, you're right, maybe it's easier that way. Now to topic two. Mark Pope met with the media yesterday. He said he wants to schedule a few, quote, stupid contracts. What do you think he means by that? Okay, I said I have no idea. I'm postulating that maybe I have an idea based on what we saw Mark Pope do at Utah Valley University. Remember the toughest 24 Mm -hmm. when the Wolverines scheduled road games at Kentucky and at Duke on back-to-back days? That's insane. That well, that yeah, that's a stupid contract. Exactly. (laughs) So something akin to that. Maybe two-for-ones with schools of that caliber, meaning BYU plays at Kentucky twice for one return game in Provo. And it might be a situation where Kentucky's like, uh, we'll play at Vivint Smart Home Arena if you play us twice in Lexington. It could be something like that. There, I mean, if you want an SEC team like that to come to Utah, that's maybe what it will require. BYU playing the likes of Kansas, Virginia, Duke, not out of the question. Villanova, not out of the question because Mark Pope will play anyone. It's just how much will BYU have to give to get something from one of those powerhouses in return. I'm hoping for some two-for-ones with those programs where that team will actually come to Provo. But we saw Michigan State when BYU did a one-and-one. Well, it was a neutral-neutral. It was a neutral-neutral. played in the home of the Pistons. And that was really tough to get. Like, that took a long time to get. We may have to see BYU play a true road game and then get, like, a neutral site with that return team in Salt Lake City. You're exactly right. Line up the Blue Bloods that you mentioned. Line them all up. There's a ton in the West. There's all over the country. Let's go. Syracuse. And Virginia, Michigan, Tennessee, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, all it. Let's do it. UCLA, let's go. Granted, UCLA hasn't been the same kind of team. But if you do two for one, you've got to get a home game. If you do two for one, you've got to get a home game. I would hope that's because the case. Because you could always go and do a one-off road or one-off neutral. And remember, the last two seasons, the NCAA Basketball Committee has given great, great value to playing a true road game on someone else's court. It is crazy beneficial to do this. I think these stupid contracts 
are with <laughs> Kentucky. Like, you better believe that the Kentucky grad is trying to get Kentucky on the schedule. And can you imagine BYU basketball start to say, oh, we're playing the likes of XYZ. It's not going to be every year in the Marriott Center, you'd think. But what if there's a couple of those? Because right now in non-conference, BYU is getting a game or two that we get excited about, honestly, the last couple of years. I think that goes up a little bit. Um, and the fact that BYU's got a good slate already, Utah State is, you could argue, on the schedule right now, the second best team after Gonzaga, right? That's it, that's on there, which is pretty gnarly. Um, we'll see if that plays out true to form. But you have Gonzaga and St. Mary's. There's four games against good competition. Those are, those are uh, you know, quad one games. And then it's the Maui Invitational. Fantastic tournament, right? And BYU's not going to be able to play in that kind of tournament every year, but... You can get in some others. Maui's the the cream of the crop. Sure, sure. I like where this is going, but to me, you've got to get occasionally a neutral event, but you've got to get home games if you're doing two-for-one, in my opinion. I'm sure. I think it just depends on how elite of an opponent you want. Like, would North Carolina come to Provo? Provo. North, uh, they've gone to Gonzaga, but I realize BYU and Gonzaga not in the same tier yet. Yeah, we'll see. Arizona has gone to Spokane. Now, let me get right? this straight. As it pertains to football, you're very weary of schedules being too tough. Let me explain why there's a difference. Okay. So in, in football, there's, there's not a lot of value given to that. Like, it's not quantified value, right? In basketball, it's very clear. Hey, if you play this, this is the quad one. This is how we figure out the metrics of your schedule. And ha- In football, it's like, unless BYU wins every regular season game, they're not going to go to one of the elite bowl games in the New Year's Six, right? So it's like... Hawaii or New Year's Six, there's no middle ground, and unless you play an easy schedule, you ain't going to New Year's Six. Jeremy needs a couple of T-shirts, one for BYU football that says the schedule's too tough, and one and for basketball BYU basketball like, says the schedule's too tough, and I love it. Yeah, load it up. Let's go to the, <laughs> Let's dance, baby. Yeah. And now topic three. We asked Chantel Jennings, a national college football writer for The Athletic yesterday, which of BYU's first four Power Five games is the most winnable. Mm. She chose... USC out of Utah, Tennessee on the road. Of course, the Trojans in Provo and the Washington Huskies in Provo. She chose the Trojans because of the uncertainty of their state of the program. Jerem, of the first four, in your opinion, which is the most winnable of those Power 5 games? It seems like USC. Okay, they're coming back. uh, BYU's coming back after hosting Utah, playing at Tennessee. Hopefully BYU has a win in there. Otherwise, the pressure will be on. Remember, I said it yesterday, but USC went 21-6, and six, two year New, New Year's Six Bowls, uh, won the Pac-12, won the Rose Bowl in the last two years prior to 5-7. and seven. Um, Five starters back on 0-4 on defense. QB's up for grab. JT Daniels, Jack Sears, new OC, uh, you know, there with Graham Harrell. Um, USC, by the way, hosts Fresno State, who went 12-2 and two last year, mm-hmm. and Stanford. And then Utah's the next week. This is a trap game for USC. Perhaps it's a great spot for BYU to be in. What if it's Tennessee, though? I'm saying it's USC, but what if it's Tennessee? Whoa. They'll be 1-0. Jeremy Pruitt, former Alabama D.C. for two years, 5-7 and seven in year one, and it wasn't close. They had seven games that were decided uh, where they only scored 21 or fewer points. Okay. Tennessee returns eight offensive starters from a team that was the ninth worst in total low. And, in fact, the Volunteers were stopped behind the line of scrimmage on a third of their non-sack carries, most in college football. They were really bad on offense. Volunteers bring in Georgia OC, uh, Jim Chaney, who uh, led Georgia to 38 a game in the SEC. So they think they're going to turn it around there. But what if? What if it's Tennessee? And I know USC is at home. Dot, dot. What if USC is like improved? 
It could be Tennessee. If Tennessee were playing in Provo, hands down, without question, it would be the Volunteers. Because they've stunk for a couple of years. Yes. They've been down for a while. And I dare say that Tennessee fans have just as unrealistic expectations as BYU fans in general. They have those bright orange goggles. Is Peyton Manning, T. Martin, who, by the way, is uh, back in Tennessee, I think, on staff, right? Um, Are they walking through the door? It's been 22 years since Tennessee won their last national championship, which is only 13 years after BYU won its national championship. Hmm. Okay? Hmm. (laughs) I want to buy into this idea of it being Tennessee, but then I think about the fact that BYU hasn't won a road game in the Eastern time zone against a team that finished with a winning record well, what if Tennessee in doesn't? 25 years. What if Tennessee doesn't? But what if Tennessee now isn't a, a winning record now, team? Now it's a more winnable game. Now it becomes like Michigan State was for BYU. 4-8 and eight that year, or 3-9. and nine. Or Mississippi, 2-10. and ten. SEC bad. opponent! That's Listen, that's how you gauge it, right? After the season, the dust settles and you go, oh, is that team any good? No. Oh, well, that helps be able to beat that team. Wisconsin ended up 8-5. and five. That was a great win. You beat an 8-plus win team on the road in the Big Ten, a team that goes to the Rose Bowl regularly that had won 41. That was nuts. Winning at Tennessee would be a game we'd remember for a long time, because of program prestige. Yes. Not because of who they are right now, but because of who they've been. It'll be sold out. There will be 106-plus thousand fans. It's going to be nuts there because the energy will still be high for the volunteers. Hopefully it won't be that high at the end of the the season. We'll see. And (laughs) until I see what Tennessee actually does, I got to go with my gut. And I've been saying this since December, since USC decided to bring back Clay Helton, their head coach, and get rid of everybody else. There's so much disarray. And uh, the Cliff Kingsbury situation with the Trojans was a debacle. Like, what a hot mess that was. Now he's the head coach of the Cardinals in the NFL. How do you you go from (laughs) USCOC to Arizona Cardinals head coach? You fail up. How do you fail up? I don't you, get it. Well, I get it. He look, He's a good-looking dude. That's how you do it. That's how you Everyone fail up. You've got to be a Sean gotta, McVay type of coach. You've got to look like Ryan Gosling, and you can fail up, man. Clay Helton has his hands full. He's got to come to Pro Bowl in week three. BYU's going to be juiced. They're going to be ready, coming off whatever happens let's, to Tennessee. Let's hope they're juiced. Oh, BYU's 0-2. It's going to be. It's USC. I agree with, with Chantel Jennings. I've been saying this since December. Easiest of the first four. It's got to be the Trojans, which sounds crazy. It doesn't mean it's easy. It sounds crazy. It's easier. Easiest, yeah, yeah of yeah. that very challenging first four. Yeah. Uh, it starts, however, with the Utes. Countdown to the Utes. 85 days. Don't overlook Utah for Tennessee and USC. Said no one. <laughs> no one's saying that. How do, oh, how I wish I was saying that the easiest of the first four would be the season opener, but that's not the case. Uh, that'll be the highest-ranked team in the first four. There you go. Probably, right? Probably. Yeah. Probably. That's the team that many are picking to win the entire Pac-12. Awesome. Okay, coming up, Jackson Clough was drafted in the sixth round yesterday by the Nationals. Will he return to BYU or will he go pro? Plus, Jake Toulson is back at BYU. In fact, he is right next to me in Studio yeah! B. Why did he want to return to Provo? Hear it from him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hang out with us, duh. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Join us Tuesday, June 18th for BYU Football Media Day. BYU TV and BYU Radio, we've got you covered. State of the program, two-hour BYUSN. Look at BYU's impact on college football in its 150th season. And, of course, the web chats. It's uh, June 18th. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports Play-by-Play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We are rocking the newest BYU Game Day shirts. Hey, let's go, baby. Royal Blue Nike Edition. I have the darker blue... Um, regular non-Nike, edition, non-Nike edition. Yeah. There's there's Whatever Nike and there's non-Nike. Yes, there's also Nike price world. and non-Nike price. Yeah, and there's also <laughs> Nike swag and non-Nike swag, right? Oh, so it's, it's yeah. weird that you got the one with the Nike sign on it, Jerem. Interesting. Because you happened to be in the office when the options were presented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it Thanks works. Thanks for your generosity. <laughs> it wasn't up to me. I'm kidding. But if I'm it was, kidding. I would have grabbed this one. You're right. Hey, a guy who doesn't uh, need much introduction, and whether he's wearing Nike or not, he's still cool. Well, Jake Toulson. Jake Toulson. Yes, he is wearing Nike he's, for he's BYU. Nike. Yeah. He is back at the Y. Welcome back, Jake. Thank oh, you. Jake? It's good to be back. It's been a few years, and uh, it's great to have you. And obviously, you've talked about this a lot, but uh, Mark Pope gets hired here. When does the idea of, hey, maybe I go back to BYU come into focus? Um, I think at first... Um, well, obviously, when Coach took the job, I entered the, the transfer portal, and I just kind of wanted to, you know, receive some information, direct information, and I kind of wanted to just open things up. Um, I think at first, Coach was kind of just checking in on me as a person and just making sure I was, I was all right. And then it what I I had to kind of like ask him and like urge him to recruit me because at first he wanted to just make sure I was okay which I really appreciated but um I don't know at first it was kind of weird because it all just happened so fast and you know one day you're at UVU and these guys are down the road and then the next day coach my coach is the coach there and then things just changed so fast so it was kind of weird how all that happened but um, you know, we're here, so I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Were you going to put your name in the transfer portal regardless, or was that because Mark left? Yeah, uh, my plan was just to stay at UVU, mm-hmm. um, run it back with that team and coach and everyone, but uh, once that kind of happened, I just decided that that would be best for me. Okay, then you become one of the top available prospects as a grad transfer in the portal, and the likes of... Duke and Virginia and some of these other notable programs are like, hey, yeah, we'll we'll take the whack player of the year. We'd seriously consider him. And then BYU comes back into the picture with Mark Pope. So, I mean, what was that like weighing all those options and talking to your wife and you've got a family and all this stuff? Yeah, it was it was it was a cool experience. I, I had to remind myself the whole time that I was in control and that I didn't have to do anything that I didn't want to do. And um yeah, it was it was kind of stressful. Uh, I was on the phone a lot, but uh, I I was kind of in a unique position because for me, like you said, I have a family and um, it's just kind of different for me. So I kind of had a, a good idea of what I wanted out of this whole thing before I even entered the portal of you know teams that I would talk to, places I would want to play, or things like that. So for me, that that kind of made it a little bit easier and just yeah, talking with my family and and just considering all the the options that's kind of the process that we took 
Hey, when you throw in Duke and Virginia, and let's be honest, when Duke comes into the picture, typically that has not been a good thing for BYU with certain recruits recently, right? How how enticing were those offers? How close were you to going there versus, say, staying here or coming to BYU? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was cool. I mean, obviously, those universities, those places are legendary and everything like that. But for me, I kind of wanted like. Like I said, I, I knew what I wanted out of this, and I knew that you know this is my last year to try and do something to create as many opportunities for myself and my family for the future. And I had I, I tried to just not be wowed by all that because this is my what third time doing this, being recruited and, and choosing a school. So perhaps that helped in, in high school. I probably would have done something like that, you know, just go to the coolest place or go to wherever, you know, will get me the most followers, but. It's not about that for me right now. It's about what's best for me and my family. And, and then, I mean, we could talk about all the things we talked about with these guys. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of what my thought process was. So perhaps going through this two previous times aided you in this? I would and, say, And yeah. being a dad now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> life, yeah, life has changed a lot since um, the first time, the second time. So I think that all kind of helped me make the best decision possible. You're, you're the perfect BYU guy, right? You're yeah. a dad over in yeah. college. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yes. No, it's great. shout out to shout out to Sarah. Shout out to Gus. Uh huh. Um, those, they're the best. We're gonna have we're gonna have them on Sports Nation one of these days. Okay, Excellent. yeah, All bring right. them in. Let's let's, let's do it. Jake Toulson with I us on BYU Sports Nation. Segment, yeah. Of course, yeah. yes. Get the get the important people in front of the camera. That's right. Jake, uh, you obviously have BYU ties because of your past here, and uh, you're the nephew of Danny Ainge. Your dad's cousins with Andy Toulson. What was the reaction of extended family members when you made the decision to come back to BYU? Well, I think everyone was really excited and everyone kind of just wanted what was best for me regardless of where it was. But obviously BYU is is the place that they all kind of have a tie to. And, and, and everyone's been really excited. Um, everyone was always checking in with me, you know, when Coach took the job. And before I even knew anything – they're like, oh, you're going back to BYU, right? And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> they wanted to just so they called it. Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone was hitting me up saying, oh, what are the possibilities? The return to BYU, and I'm just like, I don't know. But it, it, it's just been cool. It's been it's been a fun experience. Um, everyone's been really excited, and I'm looking forward to kind of just putting this part behind us and just getting to work um, with the team and and starting to work for next season. I know you're close with the Warner brothers, yeah. Fred and Troy. And Micah. And Micah Simon. Yeah. Those guys are trouble, man. <laughs> hey, come on now. <laughs> They're going to take partial credit for recruiting you back to BYU, oh, don't sure. you think? Yeah. I mean, we uh, we talked about it a lot, and those guys have supported me since, you know, I left, and we've been we've been boys ever since then. But, um, yeah, they're really excited. They're, you know, they're saying – they would come to the games last year just because they like to watch basketball, but now they're like, man, we're going to be courtside at every game. Yes, They're going to be my hype man just gassing me up on the sidelines. So <laughs> I'm really excited. No, those guys those guys are awesome. Shout my, out to them. Mike is there all the time. I, I don't know that I've seen Troy there as much, so I'm excited to see Troy there. That's yeah, super yeah, fan yeah. Mika Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mika Simmons, as we like to call him. Okay, last year, your whack player of the year, you shot 61% from two, 45 from three, 54 overall, 85 from the free throw line. What's gone into you becoming this elite shooter? Did I really shoot 61%? From two. 
Oh, from two, not from not two. from the not yeah. from field goal. You're oh. like, I did. Oh, yeah. What was the question again? How, what's gone into becoming an elite shooter? And I use elite Spencer, not in, in the correct usage. I know. Yeah. I like anyway, um, what's gone into it? Um, well, I think I've always been able to shoot the ball, and I've always been a skilled and talented player, but I never really knew my game very well, and I never knew like who I was. And so going over to UVU kind of changed my whole mindset and changed my whole my game and made me really efficient by just um, what me and Coach Figger would do. We would sit down and we would we would have a plan every single day, you know, what types of shots we were going to take. Uh, we would work on finishes. We would work on threes. We would work on everything, getting to the free throw line. And I think working on the shots that I take in games, in practice, going game speed, is something that not a lot of players do. They just go in and shoot a bunch of random shots and cross over, step back, do all this stuff. But I made it, I made it important to me to to take shots in practice that I'm going to take in the games. And so I, when I'm out there, I know exactly. I'm familiar with the shots that I'm shooting in the games, and I think that you know goes to show for the efficiency. But um, yeah, I just. I think UVU gave me kind of a, a new opportunity and kind of a fresh start to just kind of, just, just kind of start over and just start start fresh, and that's kind of how it happened. Well, I'm glad that you bring up that phrase, fresh start, because it feels like the entire BYU basketball program is going through a fresh start right now. New staff, Coach Pope, you're back, and now Yoli Childs makes his announcement to return at yeah. the last moment. What were your conversations like with him leading up to that decision to come back and try and do something special? Yeah. Well, um, when I showed up, uh, I mean, Yoli was pretty much had his mind made up. and But he was here. He was still around using the facilities and working out and everything. So I just, I just had a chance to kind of get to know him because I've never really spent that much time around him. And so um, we, we had a lot of good conversations about he just had a ton of questions about the staff and about my experience at UVU and, you know, these, these coaches and, you know, how they help their players and all that. And, and then I think the biggest thing was just going out there on the court and competing with him or competing against him. You know, we would, we would come before workouts, we'd play one-on-one against each other, or we would in pick up, he always was guarding me and I was trying to guard him. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I think, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that I had something to do with it, but it's not it's not about that. I think he just realized that the pieces are in place for us to kind of do something here, and I think he wanted to be a part of that. There are eight seniors in, uh, on the roster right now, which yeah. is a big number. Yeah. Um, give us an idea of what you guys are up to, and I know BYU Basketball put out a strength and conditioning video out yesterday, which was yeah. great, but uh, how are you guys preparing for the season right now? Um, so... We are doing team workouts um, every other week. So we'll have four workouts a week uh, on the court with the coaches. And right now we're working on a lot of defense, just kind of early stages of principles and just kind of building our defense. Um, Is it similar to what you ran at UVU? Yeah, it is. Um, We're working with Coach Shork. Shout out to Coach Shork. Um, We're working with him in the weight room, uh, just building our bodies, getting stronger, getting in great shape. And um, uh, we're getting a lot of shots up. So right now it's just, you know, a lot of skill development, a lot of just early stuff to try and put it in. So once we can start practicing as a team, we can kind of hit the ground running. But 
the energy has been great. The guys have been great. Um, it's a lot of fun to be around a bunch of guys that are hungry and, and that want to win. And I'm really excited about all the possibilities. No Italian class? What did you say? No Italian class? You guys are going to Italy? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. No, no Italian class. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just have a translator then. Yeah. Yeah. That will work out. I don't think anyone went on their mission to Italy, right? A translator, they'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, just call Eric Mika, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just call him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can go. Jake, great to talk with you again, man. Welcome back. Welcome back, Thank dude. You. We're Let's, really excited you're back. Thank you. Let's give you some great BYU story. Sports Nation karma for the workouts, the build-up to the summer. And, yes, it's been a while, so we need you to sign our Sailor Coog flag. We've needed the WAC Player of the Year signature. <laughs> awesome. We didn't know how we were going to get it, so thanks for coming back to yeah, BYU. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, good to see you, Jake. Coming up, a year ago, he was on his mission in Georgia. This June, he's a sixth-round Major League Baseball draft pick. Shortstop Jackson Clough is in studio. And which teams do you want to see BYU basketball schedule a series with? Like, stupid games, what we're talking about. We'll read some of your tweets next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, what do you know? More of the show continues now, and we keep it rolling with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Led off by... The details for BYU Baseball's Jackson Clough, who was drafted in the sixth round, 183rd pick overall by the Washington Nationals. The sophomore shortstop, first-team West Coast Conference star, ended the season with a 327 batting average, 56 RBIs, led the team in stolen bases going 12 for 12, hoping that one or maybe a few of his teammates get the call today in the Major League Baseball draft. Final day of the draft, rounds 11 through 40 happening as we speak. Yeah, I'm looking at the draft. They're in the 13th round right now. It does not appear that another BYU Cougar has gone quite yet, but we are keeping tabs on that. Sure. Yesterday, men's basketball coach Mark Pope met with the media for a Q&A. He was asked about scheduling beyond this season and had this to say. Uh, and we don't have a lot of long-term contracts in terms of in terms of our 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 schedule. So, you know, we, we're already working on that for next year and, and, and trying to see if we can, um, you know, make some, some, sign some really stupid contracts. That's, that's my goal. Stupid contracts. <laughs> I don't think they're stupid. What he means is crazy. Yeah, right? sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, the Cougars have 11 of the 15 non-conference games scheduled for this upcoming season. Those 15 expected to be announced this month. Conference play will be released in August, much uh, more throughout the summer on the stupid contracts that BYU hopes to get. He's referencing basically next year and beyond, by the way, because this year BYU basically needs four winnable games to add to the schedule, in my opinion. The schedule's already pretty wild for the upcoming season. It's good enough. Get get the no-names in here. Let's go. Yoli Childs ready for that schedule. He's projected second in the preseason Irving Awards by the NCAA correspondent Andy Katz. Ranking small forwards across the country for the upcoming season. Childs averaged 21 points, 9 rebounds per game. Good to have him back. Yeah, I I think he's a power forward, so it's a little weird, but I love that he's number two on this list. Number two, that says a lot about where he fits in college basketball. And I'm still not over the fact that he's coming back. I'm still surprised. He's back. We just talked to Jake Toulson. Yes. Mark Pope's the head coach at BYU and Yoli Chat. What what world? What alternate dimension is this? Oh, and BYU TJ Hoops? Haas is gonna be a senior. Let's oh, yeah. go. Let's go. Love it. And the NCAA track and field nationals begin today. BYU sent a school record 22 athletes this year. Men's team ranked fourth, women's team ranked 15th. 
Brian Matthews will be the first Cougar to compete. One Eastern in the decathlon. You can catch the men's steeplechase and the super six-pack of Cougars in the 10K later today as well. The 10K, 10.08 Eastern on ESPN2 and watch ESPN. Our question of the day, which teams do you want to see BYU basketball schedule a series with those stupid contracts? And that was the quote of the day for sure. At Hipwell331 on Twitter leads us off in Voice of the Nation. Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and while we're at it, Kansas. Might as well dream big if I'm putting on my blue goggles. Doesn't mean they're going to be on the schedule every year, although a couple of those on the schedule would be great. If BYU had a bunch of quad ones and they won a third of them and they went in at 19 and 11 to the WCC tournament or whatever, 20 and 11, they'd be in an NCAA at-large position if you can get a game or two. All you have to do is win a third of those. That's, that's kind of what we've been told regarding that process. At Tyrets on Instagram says, Iowa State and Baylor lost too many times to them. Need to get some revenge. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Also, Fred love- Hoiberg's not walking through that door with Iowa State. Literally, because he's not. I don't know where he's coaching. He went to the Bulls, and then they. Now Jim Boylan's the guy. For me. Back in college, I think. And then Gordon Monson's like, you would come here. I know, Jim Boylan, too. Yeah, anyway. Coming up, what BYU cornerback announced he's transferred? And Jackson Clough on the cusp of realizing his Major League Baseball dream, but not before he hangs out with us in Studio B. I told you it was a loaded show. Jackson, looking sharp, man. How much longer will he be in uh, that BYU gear? I think he should take us to lunch since he's getting that sixth-round money. Okay. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This program's on demand. If you didn't know that already, now you know. Uh, It's on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. You can listen on BYU Radio's app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. His name is Jackson Clough, and he is the highest Major League Baseball draft pick out of BYU since Jacob Hanneman was selected in the third round back in 2013. Jackson Clough, sixth round, 183rd overall pick to the Washington Nationals, and he is with us once again in Studio B. Hey, when you're good oh, and... I mean, really good, and then you get drafted, you're in studio like once every few weeks. So welcome back again. That's, I think this is your third time this season hey, I'll with take us. It. I need the good luck, Karma. Plus, uh, plus between the lines, four, maybe even five. Did you, did you play in the ping pong tournament? I'm trying I to did. <laughs> I think there's five appearances. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Well, what was your reaction to uh, being drafted in the sixth round? I mean, it was a great day. I was excited just because it's something that – I've always been looking forward to it as I've been playing baseball. I was hoping you get that opportunity. And, I mean, that's all it is really is an opportunity to, to keep playing. So I was pumped. All right, Jackson. I want you to get as close as you can to the mic. And I, and I want you to answer this question because we have to ask it. Is there any chance that BYU baseball is still in your future or are you all in on the major leagues? Uh, I'm probably, I'm probably going to sign pretty good chance. I mean, I'm going to. Uh, just because um, with my opportunities to play professional baseball after this year is going to be pretty limited, and um, you know I'm excited for the the opportunity the Nationals are going to give me. So that's awesome. That's exciting. Um, Fantastic. And that's really the goal. Baseball is unique that way, right? Because if you go D1, you got to be 21 or, or have played three years. You went on a mission. It's been three years out of high school. It's time. Um, so the number was right then, because it's all, let's explain how this works. They offer you a certain bonus 
There's some back and forth probably. And then if that number's right, then uh, let's go, right? So was the number right? Yeah, the number was right. I mean, I had, <laughs> you have a smile on your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I had an idea going into it, um, especially like talking with my coaches here at BYU and my parents of, you know, what kind of opportunity makes sense to to leave school. And um, the Nationals are going to pay for my last two years of school as well. So, Very nice. you know, that, that also helps. And the situation, like I said, they just gave me a great opportunity, one that I, I can't pass up on. Outstanding. Yeah. Where were you when you found out the news? My kitchen. Looking at the laptop, the family just kind of sitting around waiting for my name to pop up. We're here in Provo in your apartment no, or I, home in I went home Meridian? Last night. Um, my family lives out in kind of like, in, do you know Tooele's at? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they moved Tooele. to Tooele? Yep. Okay. Nice. Yep, Very so nice. I was out there yesterday. So were you expected, had you had conversations with the National, were you expecting sixth round or was it Nationals at some point? Um, I had no idea what team I was going to go to. The Nationals were definitely a team that, um, I communicated with a lot more than other teams, and uh, there's no promises made before the draft. I mean, their scouts told me they had me projected somewhere between five and ten rounds, and they were hopeful they could get me, but um, I had no idea until I got that call. They called me in the fifth round and said, hey, we want to take you with our next pick, and I was just hoping that all the guys that they were thinking about taking before me hurried up and got off the board so they didn't have to call <laughs> me back and say, psych. But, because that's a thing. Uh, yeah. They'll tell you one thing, oh, it changed, it changed, right? And they're probably saying that to a couple of guys, but that, that's great. So a year ago, you're in Georgia yeah. on your mission. You come back, and you're like, well, I just, you know, let's see what happens with the BYU baseball. You didn't even start as the starting shortstop, right? What's the last year been like for you? Man, it's been hectic. I mean, on the mission, I was just kind of worried about getting my arm back into shape and hoping things would work out the way I wanted them to. I actually planned to go play in a summer league, a college summer league when I got home, but just talking with my coaches and where I was at physically, we felt like it'd be better to just kind of ease into it. And so I just focused on working out and getting my body back in shape. And all through the fall, I was up and down. I don't, I, think I, I don't even think I played good in the fall. And even after Christmas break, as we scrimmaged down St. George, I think in three weekends I got like one hit. So it was, <laughs> it was a long road back to it. But, I mean, it's been exciting. And it, it was a great season for us. Didn't end the way we wanted to, but it was fun. So when you say the Nationals are going to pay for your last two years of school, how does that work? What, what does a BYU guy go through when you're trying to finish your degree and you're still trying to make it in the bigs? That's a good question. I'm going to have to talk to uh, a lot of the um, people down at the academic center at BYU to see how I can figure out how to make it work because my plan major was to to do the finance program, and that's in the Marriott Business School. I don't know if they'll be able to work with me to do online classes because, I mean, it's a very um, respected program. Intense, for sure. Yeah, it's intense. So I don't know if they'll let me kind of do it off and on or if I have to be full through, but that's something i got to work out. What's the next step for you? Uh, where are you headed first? Yeah, so I'm expecting a call at some point today. Um, They kind of just let me lay low yesterday, and they'll give me some more details today. But I'm planning to head to West Palm Beach in uh, Florida. That sounds rough, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, down there, spring training facility, and finalize my contract and stuff, and then uh, uh, find out where they're going to ship me for the summer. Maybe some short season. I, I guess I'm looking up Auburn double days in the New York Penn League, perhaps or something. Sounds baseball-y. <laughs> double days. <laughs> so I have uh, I haven't been out there. I haven't been, to, haven't been to New York or Florida. So I'm in for a Let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah, you were almost there in Georgia. Yeah. yeah so randomly, my parents moved to Vieira, Florida, 
when uh, uh, I had just graduated from BYU, and that is the spring training home of the Washington Nationals. Their complex is there, and so so you know places to eat. Is that yes. what you're saying? So I'm saying yeah. like I I, do I just have got some a place to eat right there. there. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna yeah. go knock on their door, ask for a meal. <laughs> They're back in Utah now, but oh. they can line you up with plenty of families in Florida. Just knowing that's where you're going to be for spring training and all that stuff. Yeah, so I'll need it. Ran- random side tangent. The, the but- newest Sunday school teacher in the ward's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Jackson. Where did the Nationals rank in your list of favorite Major League Baseball teams? As far as like teams go, that yeah. I was cheering for. Yeah. You know, I like the National League, and um, I would say for from the East Coast teams, they're one of my favorite teams. But I've always kind of followed the West Coast teams more and, and cheered for them when I was growing up. But you know, it was, it was cool to watch Harper, and they got a cool fan base, so I thought that was cool watching them, but I wouldn't say I was too attached to them. Are you, are you a shortstop? Like, that's what they want you to be in, uh, with their team? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think something that that they were drawn to for me as a player is my versatility, my ability to play in the infield, and even if I needed to, play in the outfield. But I'm pretty confident I'll stay in the infield with them at least – for a while and get some opportunities to shortstop. What was that process like for you? Because you came up for a mission. I'm sure you thought, hey, I think I could be the starting shortstop. Yet you were patient, and yet you were a good teammate, by all accounts, from Mike Littlewood of coaching Carson Matthews initially. And, hey, I'll play third. I'll play second. So how, how were you? why were you so patient with that process? And luckily it ended up working out for you. Well, I think just coming off the mission, like one of the biggest adjustments is just getting back to the speed of the game. And I think there were probably times in the fall and in the spring where I showed that I had the ability to play shortstop. Um, I might have not done it as consistently as I needed to to play there every day at that time. But a big thing with me was, like I talked about versatility, at the beginning of the year, I think it worked out best with I could play second, then move over to third. And I think it gave our lineup and our defense a lot more options to get different guys in the field. But I think as I got a little bit more comfortable with the speed of the game again, it, it worked out best with me at short. So it's just, it's just a trans, uh, transition stage with it. Sure. All right, last question for you. What do you think the future of BYU baseball holds next year and beyond? And I'm excited. I've, I've been talking to a lot of the guys the past couple of days, and um, I think they're going to be young next year. But they have a lot of good talent coming in, and they also got a lot of um, good leaders coming back, even that are, that are younger guys. And that was kind of the mantra of our team this year is I don't think we were the most talented team put together. I mean, a lot of us, it was either our first year back or a lot of guys' first year stepping up in a starting position. But we hung in there with anyone that we needed to play. And so I think that's just going to carry on. I think that's going to be the the story of BYU baseball is just if they can continue to play unselfishly and um, just work hard, I think good things are going to happen for them. Well, we're stoked for you. Sixth round is legit. That's that's a nice little uh, nice little amount to put in your piggy bank there and start your life right. Yeah. And uh, good luck in Florida. We'll be paying attention. Hey, thank now you you're going to make the Cougar whip around in the minors. So <laughs> we're right, excited. Let's go. Okay, thanks, hey, Jackson. West Palm Beach, Vieira, Jackson Claus is coming. coming to town. He's I'm coming. I'm going to have to borrow your blue shades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, yes. the, all the single ladies, look out. Okay, coming up, Yoli Childs, second most likely to win what national award this season? And we have a very special rise and shout out. Trust me, you do not want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Jake Toulson of BYU Basketball and Jackson Clough, formerly of BYU Baseball, now headed to the Washington Nationals. Yeah, he's uh, he's out. Congratulations. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
men's basketball. Andy Katz lists Yoli Childs as the second most likely player to win the Julius Irving Award for Best Small Forward. Track and field. The NCAA Track and Field Nationals begin today. BYU sending a school record 22 athletes this year. The men's team ranked fourth, women's team 15th. Good luck. Football. Senior cornerback Trevion Green announced he's in the transfer portal. Green played in 10 games in 2017. Didn't play last season with a knee injury. Volleyball. Mary Lake and Team USA beat South Korea three sets to one last night. The team plays Germany tonight at 8.30 p.m. in Lincoln, Nebraska. Cougars in the minors. Britton Lund hit a two-run homer in a 7-5 Salt Lake Bees loss to the San Antonio Mission Trips in AAA. Mike Rucker pitched three innings for the Tennessee Smokies in double-A ball, giving up one run, struck out four in a loss to the Montgomery Biscuits. Our question of the day, what teams do you want to see BYU schedule a basketball series with? The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Jake R. Kemp says, I'd love to see BYU go against the Blue Devils. Oh, the Dukies! In order to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Mark Pope isn't going to shy away from a challenge, and hopefully that confidence runs through the veins of his players as well. Yeah, you got to beat Gonzaga to be the best, right? You already have a top start five team in, in your league. Yeah, Let's start yeah, in the West. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Today's rise and shout-out, a combo effort today, goes out to Ashton Polson, an 18-year-old out of Salt Lake who passed away yesterday due to a rare form of blood cancer she contracted when she was 12. She was an inspiration to so many people and is a huge BYU fan and her family, and we just uh, wanted to send our love and support to them. She was a true blue hero back in 2017 and has really been just a key member of the BYU football family ever since. Yeah, before the game in 2018 at Washington, she was in Seattle uh, getting a bone marrow transplant, and the entire, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, Kalani Stake, like 10 players showed up in her room, um, she, yeah, she passed away a couple of days ago. Huge BYU fan, honorary member of BYU Sports Nation, uh, Ashton Polson. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Ashton and her family, love you. Wish you the best. Yeah, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Today was one of my favorite shows we've done. Jake Toulson, Jackson Clough. One guy's There's coming a lot back going to BYU. On. Big dreams. Is apparently a small forward. He was on the Carl Malone watch list last year for Power <laughs> Forward. What? He might be on it this year. Who knows? <laughs> for Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Andy Toulson. See you for BYU Sports Station tomorrow. Noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain. Go Cougs.